0: Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 319 for the week of July 8th, 2013. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with the coming week's astrological forecast and regularly feature listener emails, recorded listener consultations, and interviews with other astrologers. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of ThisWeekInAstrology.com and in the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. We have another short show for you this week. I do know we just had one last time, but I just did not make time to get a feature-length thing together. I will certainly do so for the following week, and I apologize for the shorter length this time. However, what we do have this week for you is the next week's forecast and the preview of the following week. And we do have an interesting part one listener chart for Mary It who is having this week's new moon line up right up on her natal Sun-Venus conjunction. And to make that more even more interesting, she's also got transit Pluto and Uranus lining up on her Sun natally. So we will tell her how to make the best use of that, and you'll learn a little bit about astrology as I do so. So let's dive in and get into the forecast. Let's begin with what's old. We have a waning moon. We have a T-square still happening, a Sun-Uranus-Pluto T-square through July 11th. We have a grand trine with Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune through August 16th. That's the big law of attraction grand trine I've been talking about. On individual events, we have a bunch of retrograde planets, Saturn through July 8th, Mercury through July 20th, then a little further out, Pluto through September 20th, Juno through September 24th, Neptune through November 13th, and Chiron through November 19th. What's new this week? Well, we've got a new moon in Cancer. Saturn turns direct. Venus makes a couple of challenging aspects, a quincunx to Chiron and an opposition to Juno. We have a Sun-Mercury conjunction. Mars enters the sign of Cancer. And some new aspect patterns are starting. There's a Mercury-Uranus-Pluto T-square. It's also part of the new moon setup, and we also have a new grand trine that's going to really amp up that Law of Attraction vibe with Mars, Saturn, and Neptune. So, a lot going on this week, as usual. Let's dive into our individual days and give you some ideas on how to use these energies. On Monday, July 8th, Saturn turns direct, and that is turning direct at 4 degrees, 49 minutes, Scorpio. If you've been planning your work since Saturn turned retrograde back on February 18th, it's now time to get ready to work your plan. Now, be aware also, since Mercury is currently retrograde, uh, major new plans, if you can delay them until July 20th, that would be optimal. Um, Not a big deal if you have to start, but uh, optimal to not until July 20th. Life themes relating to your natal points, between 2 to 8 degrees of the fixed signs, and that's anything you've got, 2 to 8 degrees of Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius, may well experience additional challenge as they receive strong aspects from transiting Saturn. And that could be planets, angles, nodes of the moon are the main things I typically look at. Also this week, uh, actually not even this week, but this Monday, it's a very busy day, it's a very front-loaded sort of week actually, we have the new moon. It's uh, lining up at 3.14 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, and the moon and sun are conjoining in Cancer at 16 degrees 17 minutes. New beginnings that relate to family, home, security, and your unconscious depths are supported. As I said already, though, uh, if you can delay major new starts until that Mercury retrograde ends, that's best. And to be even more precise, Mercury turns direct on July 20th at 2.23 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And just to be clear, too, it's not a catastrophe if you have to start something during Mercury retrograde. It just makes it more likely that whatever you started will have to be fixed or adjusted at some point down the road. Now, this new moon happens to conjoin Mercury in Cancer. And the moon and sun and Mercury also form a T-square with Uranus and Pluto, who are, of course, creating that decade-long Uranus-Pluto square. Revolutionary transformation is energized in the areas I've just mentioned in Cancer, and just to review those, those would be family, home, security, and the unconscious. And also revolutionary transformation in learning and communication, because Mercury is there snuggling up against the Sun and the Moon. More broadly speaking, it's a good time to shake up the status quo in any area that needs it. This new moon Sabian symbol is a seed grows into knowledge and life. This is a lovely metaphor for spiritual awakening. If you don't already have a quick and efficient way to experience your divine essence firsthand, try out my invocations. You can get to those by going to astroshaman.com. Go to any footer on any page, and you'll see the word invocations there in the center column. Click it, and you can read my articles on how to work with that. Let's look at some quicker lunar events. Um, Moon and Mercury are conjunct today, and that's around 7.43 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. That's going to amp up the uh, learning and sharing information vibe, which I've already talked about in the New Moon interpretation. We also have the Moon going void, and it actually is the Moon's conjunction to Mercury that stimulates that void Moon. So from 7.43 a.m. into tomorrow, we will have a void going on. So I'll tell you more about how that void resolves itself when we get to Tuesday. Also today, we have a non-lunar aspect addition. We have a Venus Chiron Quincunx. This is Venus at 14 Leo and Chiron at 14 Pisces. There's no need for high drama if a relationship issue flares up. With Venus and Leo Quincunx Chiron, focus on the healing strategies that will help restore harmony. Getting a mentor's insights into your creative projects might help you see what adjustments will take it to the next level. Next up, our final big event of this packed Monday is a new T-square. Uranus and Pluto forming that T-square with Mercury. Again, this is the same one I was talking about in relation to the new moon, but this will go beyond the new moon. In fact, this T-square with Mercury, Uranus, and Pluto, which is starting today on July 8th, will peak on July 20th and end on July 29th. So it's pretty well running the whole month from now. Consider even those truths you hold to be self-evident to be open to revision. Perhaps you'll perceive that a truth which seemed complete unto itself is actually part of a larger truth. Or, perhaps as you increasingly open to the simple beingness of your true nature, you'll feel less need for the illusory security of clinging to any mental concept at all. Hmm. That ends Monday. On Tuesday, July 9th, we resolve that void-of-course moon as the moon enters Leo at 6.49 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Just as a refresher, the moon went void yesterday, Monday, July 8th at 7.44 a.m. Or it's actually 7.43 a.m. Let's use that to be safe. So uh, avoid the last most of a 24-hour period for sure. Now let's see what's next on our agenda. As we describe the moon entering Leo, that's a time when things are a little more fun. Leo is the sign that most relates to enjoyment. Leo is also the king of the queen. Leo is the leader, the performer in the spotlight, the one who's uh, hopefully intelligently taking risks. So those are some of the key words of Leo. Also children, yeah, being an inner child yourself or letting your inner child express or being with children who are external to you. So those are some of the main themes that Leo can bring forth during this moon and Leo period. We also have the moon conjuncting Vesta today. That's around 9.36 a.m. And for several hours, either side of that then, uh, Vesta's meaning, what are you devoted to beyond your own selfish interests, can be accentuated. Also today, uh, the Sun and Mercury come together in the sign of Cancer. And again, I talked about them being conjoined when I talked about the new moon yesterday. So I've pretty well said what I need to say about those two. But unto itself, a Sun-Mercury conjunction can energize learning and communication, especially in the family, since again, it is in the sign of Cancer. And finally, the moon is going to conjunct Ceres today. And that's later in the day, around 10:15 p.m., roughly. Ceres is the Grain Goddess, and she can represent prosperity and whatever you value. So, good time late in the day on July 9th, perhaps, to focus on money or self-esteem or whatever has value to you. Wednesday, July 10th, we begin a new Grand Trine. I've already written about the Jupiter-Saturn-Neptune Grand Trine. And I talked about how that empowers the law of attraction all the way through mid-August. It's a two-month event. This fortuitous alignment is made even stronger by another grand trine starting today. And it also includes Saturn and Neptune, but adds Mars in Jupiter's corner. Mars is the warrior, the pioneer, the initiator, and the entrepreneur, his do-it-now nature, powerfully energizes all manifestation visualizations, as the Mars-Saturn-Neptune grand trine starts today, here on Wednesday, July 10th, peaks on July 20th, and wraps up on August 1st. But what if you want to go beyond the Law of Attraction? The Law of Attraction is a wonderful tool for earthly manifestation. From a higher perspective, however, it really only amounts to upgrading the furniture on the holodeck. For those who are ready... The grand trines currently activating Saturn and Neptune can be used in an even more extraordinary way. From this perspective, Saturn still represents concrete physical manifestation, but Neptune, rather than representing ego-generated imagination and visualization, now stands for boundless divine consciousness, pure being, pure awareness, nothing more. And the 120-degree trine connecting Saturn and Neptune ...represents the effortless marriage of heaven and earth. At a certain point in spiritual awakening... ...you discover that everything is happening automatically. At this point, consciously using the Law of Attraction becomes unnecessary. Abundance becomes routine. And everything you need magically appears with little or no volition on your part. But if this isn't already your reality... ...you can use my Core Invocation... ...I've already described how to get to those... ...and my new Free Invocation Presentation MP3 to accelerate your evolution toward this magical state. But until it arrives, by all means, do use the Law of Attraction for all it's worth right now. The easiest way to get to my new free invocation presentation, MP3, just go to the homepage of astroshaman.com, and you'll see it uh, very prominently featured in the What's New area. Scroll down just a bit on the homepage. It's about an hour and 45-minute MP3, and... It is the most powerful uh, invocation recording I've ever put up. So I do recommend that if you're interested. So that ends Wednesday. On Thursday, July 11th, we have Venus and Juno in opposition. Venus at 17 Leo and Juno at 17 Aquarius. Now this interpretation is mainly written toward women or men who are strongly in touch with their feminine nature. Are you feeling torn between your inner diva and your inner housewife? With Leonine Venus opposing Juno, part of you may want to shimmy into your sequined flapper dress and Charleston the night away. Another part of you, which may have children to feed, laundry to fold, and a husband to nurture, may recoil at the thought of such irresponsible frivolity. But is there any reason why you can't find a way to give both parts of you what they desire? Also here on Thursday, July 11th, we have a void moon hitting at 3.55 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. That resolves itself as the moon enters Virgo at 6.12 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, also here on Thursday, July 11th. The moon in Virgo is an excellent time to do housekeeping or routine sorts of things, a great time to be of service, a great time to focus on health, among other things. On Friday, there are no astrologically significant events, so as we move forward then to the weekend, Saturday, July 13th, we open with Mars Entering Cancer. It enters again today on July 13th. It's going to be there through August 27th, about a month and a half, energizing the themes of family, home, nurturing, and security. We also end the day Saturday with a void moon, and it is at 11.26 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And that void is going to run overnight, which takes us to our final day of the week, Sunday, July 14th, where the day's only astrological event is the moon entering Libra, and that's happening at 3.41 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The moon in Libra is a lovely time for creativity, relationships, harmony, balance, negotiation, uh, whatever balances out the scales in any way is a lovely energy to do under Libra. And that ends our seven days of the week. Looking ahead to the week of July 15th, a power-packed week. We have Mercury going direct. We have the peak of that two-month grand trine with Jupiter, Neptune, and Saturn happening. Uh, Components of that peak include Jupiter, Trine, Saturn, Jupiter, Trine, Neptune, and Saturn, Trine, Neptune. Basically every part of that grand trine is aspecting itself uh, here in this week. We also have the other grand trine that's supporting it that I mentioned this week, the Mars-Neptune-Saturn grand trine peaking. Mars-Trine-Neptune, Mars-Trine-Saturn is exact. There's yet another grand trine coming to the party uh, with Neptune and Saturn. Pallas Athena comes into that position along with Jupiter and Mars. Uranus goes retrograde. We have a T-square peaking, Mercury-Uranus-Pluto. We have a brand new T-square, Mars-Uranus-Pluto. and Oh, my gosh you can get a sense there's a lot going on this week, a lot of opportunity, a lot of intensity. So as always, I will be here giving you the best ways to work with these energies, and I hope you will join me for next week's show. Coming up next, announcements and our part one listener chart. You can hear my weekly forecast every week on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox every week? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with Astro Shaman's free weekly email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? It's All Good Astrology is an authorized dealer for Solar Fire Gold. It'll even run on your Mac under Windows Emulation Software. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Solar Fire Software from the drop-down menu. A free weekly forecast and the best available price on solar fire gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. Our announcement section will be very brief today. I only have one event to tell you about, which is my shamanic invocation. Heal and Awaken meetup will next meet on Tuesday, July 16. That's a week from Tuesday. You can either come in person in Nashville, North Carolina, or call in to experience the energy as always, I will be um, leading people in invocations and then using my shamanic tools to empower the experience. Also need to note a uh, ongoing cancellation. I have discontinued my wake up meetup event that was happening on second and fourth Tuesdays, so if you were planning to call in or attend that, you can uh, plan on something else. so right now, the only public events i 'm regularly holding are first and third Tuesday, which is the Shamanic Invocation Heal and Awaken event. And that's it for the announcements. Like I said, not very many this week. Welcome to our part one listener chart. This week we have the chart of Merrilee. Merrilee, thanks for sending your info in. Merrilee is born July 6, 1960, 3.45 p.m. in Brooklyn, New York. And I chose Lee's chart because I was looking for something that had uh, some powerful personal energy right around the spot where the new moon is happening, around 16 Cancer. And sure enough, Merrily has two of them. Her natal sun is right around 15 Cancer, and her natal Venus is around 18 and a half. So obviously that puts the sun and Venus roughly equidistant uh, from the sun moon. Uh, The sun moon is kind of the the, uh, transiting sun moon, making the new moon, are right pretty much in the middle of those two natal planets. Transit Mercury is pretty much right on top of natal Venus. However, when you're looking at effects by transit, you certainly can't just stop with the quick guys. Uh, Anything through Mars is considered a trigger planet. And while there may be a brief blip of some kind of uh, event or influence when the quick guys come over in the absence of a slow planet already in aspect, uh, someone ideally Saturn out, you're not going to have a significant effect Therefore, you know, as we look at the slower planets and how they're lined up on, the, on Merrily's sun and Venus, we discover, oh, the sun's actually way more important in this interpretation. The reason being that transit Pluto, which in Capricorn is approaching opposition to her sun, last stationed at 11 and a half Capricorn, which puts it about three degrees off the opposition, which is beginning to come into its power zone. I give 3 degrees as the power zone by transit, either side, and 5 degrees from the natal point as the zone of influence. Now, Pluto's currently at 10, so it has retrograded back some, but the fact that it's really already sort of begun the triggering of the natal sun makes it a player. Uh, Even more so with transiting Uranus, which is over in Aries. Uh, Uranus is moving up to about 12.5 before its stations, And that puts it only about two degrees off square to the Sun, and that is within the power zone. So right now, in terms of slow planets, uh, in terms of the the T-square we're looking at, the transiting planets Pluto and Uranus, and then Sun, Moon, Mercury on the other corner of the triangle, Uranus is the power player of the slow guys. So in order to do our interpretation, we're going to have to consider, okay, the Sun and Moon conjunct on the Venus and sun are really just trigger planets. They don't carry a lot of meaning themselves other than the obvious new moon meaning of a new beginning of some kind. Um, So we're going to have to really put the bulk of our interpretation into the slower guys. And that's how I look at transits. Uh, The slow planets are the setup guys, the stage setters. And then when the quicker planets come along and trigger events, that's when usually you get a significant event going on. So let's first look at the one who's closest not only overall, but right now, uh, transit Uranus, again, right at this moment around 12 and a half Aries, about two degrees off square to Merely's sun. Uh, we first need to consider the sun in its most simple aspect, which is okay, it's just the planet of vitality and it's the planet of the core of identity. Uh, I remember most of my students of astrology when I begin to ask them, well, what does the sun mean? Oh, what's your identity? No, what's the core of your identity? The sun is not the entire solar system. It's just the center of it. So this means that, uh, merrily is now under a period of time where you merrily may feel like you're beginning to shift and transform who you think you are. The identity, the ego, the personality, are probably beginning to get significant paradigm shifts as Uranus tightens the square by transit. Therefore, it's okay to be flexible about who you think you are and to say, wow, I'm beginning to have different ideas about who I am and what I think and what I do and what my beliefs are possibly. And it's okay now to allow those shifts to occur. With Uranus square, Uranus tends to work really fast, so these shifts may happen very rapidly. That's the interesting thing about Uranus and Pluto working together. Pluto brings the huge change, but since Pluto takes about three years to complete a transit, and by its nature, it works very slowly, usually. It's a slow grinding shift. The wheel's grinding fine. Um, The wonderful astrologer named uh, Rick Levine once described Pluto as a tsunami moving at the speed of a glacier. So that means that Pluto into itself tends to work kind of slow, but Uranus has no patience at all. It wants to strike like lightning and it wants to change yesterday. So when you put Uranus and Pluto together, you're going to have really significant change happening very rapidly. And that's the effect that Merrily is experiencing or in the ver- in the early stages of receiving now. So Merrily be loose about who you think you are, uh, be flexible on that, on your vitality. Um, be pay attention to what is lighting you up and filling you with energy overall. And with Pluto and Uranus, again, beginning to work your sun in a real serious way, uh, this is probably the most powerful transit of your entire life, to be frank. Um, it's very hard to beat the power of a Uranus-Pluto double hit like this. Um, just ask yourself, is, is my vitality juicing when I'm embracing change and transformation and taking whatever I am and whatever I'm doing to the next level, or is is that more vital when I'm just trying to hold my status quo? I, I seriously doubt it's the latter. Now let's look deeper at the meaning of the sun. Your son's also in the eighth house, merrily. The eighth house is the house of the occult of shared resources. It's the house of committed romantic relationship. Um, anything you're sharing with anyone or anything else as a joint resource is eighth house stuff. So Any of those things that are significant in your life, and of course I know nothing, uh, or at least remember nothing, about your biography. I know you've been in my classes before, and we may have done a consultation years ago, but I have no biographical details in my head at the moment, really. Um, Therefore, um, look for significant uh, revolutionary transformation in your marriage, if you are in that, or if you have a committed romantic partnership, or any kind of significant partnership, whether it's romantic or not. If you are an occult practitioner, I mean, an astrologer is an occult practitioner. It simply means uh, you're working with the hidden energies behind the surface of things, and astrology absolutely does that, as it looks at the deeper meanings of the planets, uh, tarot, numerology, runes, whatever kind of a mystical, occult kind of thing you might be into. You know, this could be powerfully energized and really developing rapidly as the eighth house sun receives these powerful influences. Eighth house is also the house of psychology, the deep self. So you may find that a lot of old stuff is coming up to be cleared right now, and that's perfectly fine too. In fact, uh, you may want to use my healing invocation for that, and that's available if you click on the invocation's word at the bottom of any page of astroshaman.com. The healing invocation article is just a few articles down there when that page comes up. So... That's among the things you might expect. Your son is in the sign of cancer, which represents family and your security base. So there could be you know, significant shifts in the family structure. That could be the family you're living with now. It could be your birth family. It uh, could even be people you consider to be family, even if they're not blood relatives. All those things can be possible ways it plays out. And I'm going to bring in a subtler level here. The sun is conjunct Venus which is not only the natural ruler of relationships, but merely since you have Taurus on the cusp of your seventh house, it it's significantly your relationship ruler specifically. And this broadens our relationship and uh, flavor of this, not only big changes possibly in your committed romantic partnerships or committed partnerships of any kind, but any significant uh, person you're connected to. The Venus kind of colors the sun by being so close to it, even though Venus herself is not receiving strong hit yet. The sun is picking up a little of that flavor. So those are some of the flavors of what might be happening. And I want to also give you a sense of the range of possibility of what could be happening in relationships. Anything from you have relationships already that are solid, they're going deeper, they're you know transforming and becoming even more wonderful than you could have imagined, more deep connection, more you know profound soul love between you all those things can be revved up by the Uranus Pluto square. On the other extreme, it could be that you may discover that a relationship has run its course and it's time to let it go. Or you may find a middle ground. Wow, I've got some amazing wonderful connection with you and that there's all these issues too and it's kind of a mixed kind of a mixed bag for us. At that point, you can choose whether you want to put the energy into improving the relationship or if it might be better just to let it go, at least for the time being. So those are some ways we can add to the interpretation of the sun being in the eighth house and conjunct Venus. Now let's take it to the level yet. The sun rules Leo, and in your chart, Merrily, uh, Leo is your midheaven ruler. Your midheaven is about 25 degrees Leo. Therefore, the sun also represents career for you. And therefore, with Uranus and Pluto heating up their aspects to your natal sun, this adds more interpretation yet. We can say, wow, in your career, uh, consider it the same way I just talked about relationships. It could be that you're going to stick with the same thing you're doing for a living or whatever work you're doing out in the world, paid or unpaid, and it could just get revolutionary strong. It could be taking quantum leaps forward and getting really amazing and much more powerful and strong than you ever imagined. At the same time, if it doesn't serve you, then it could be time to say goodbye to whatever it is you're doing for your work now and move in a different direction. So it's impossible to know whether these you know hits like Uranus-Pluto lineup on a natal planet is going to break something apart or just empower it to the next level. You have to watch the actual events of life and see is the thing I'm doing, does it feel like it's breaking apart and going away or does it feel like it's juicing up and going to the next level? Your actual experience will have a lot to do with what happens there. So. In terms of so I've talked a lot about the Pluto Uranus effect on the natal sun. I've I've taken the sun from its natal meaning only of the core of ego and the core of vitality. And we've added the cancer feeling to it, consistent cancer. We added the eighth house, we added its midheaven rulership, and that pretty well wraps up the sun in terms of its being aspected in this setup. So Mary Lee, as this new moon, Uh, lands pretty much on your sun, then these issues I talked about may be lit up. The new moon acts as a magnet, as does natal Mercury being close by, and lights up the sun and sort of draws the energy of transiting Pluto and Uranus into it more powerfully. So whatever you experience under this new moon may be sort of a foretaste, a teaser of the effects that you'll be feeling more strongly next year, starting in 2014, as Uranus and Pluto really more center, more powerfully on the natal sun. So I hope this has been a helpful interpretation for you. Uh, I'd love your feedback. If you don't mind popping me an email, just go to astroshaman.com and click the contact word up in the upper right corner. And you can pop me an email and give me your feedback on what you thought of what I said. So thanks so much again for sending in your chart. You remain eligible for a free consultation every time the seasons change, as does everybody who has ever sent their chart in and hasn't won a free consultation yet. So thanks again, Merrily. This ends our part one listener chart. At Astro Shaman, I offer a unique mix of services. Astrology, guided invocations, shamanic astrology, and shamanic healing. All services are as effective via phone or Skype as they are in person. Choose one or mix and match in the same session. Western astrology offers insights into soul purpose, career, relationships, spirituality, timing, relocation, and more. With guided invocations, you can learn how to call on your own divine essence for healing, awakening, or flowing divine energy to others. Shamanic Astrology lets you communicate directly with your planet's living intelligence so that they express more harmoniously in your life. And with Shamanic Healing, you can experience full-spectrum healing and expanded spiritual consciousness customized for your highest good. I also offer Electional Astrology to help you pick the perfect date and time for any important event. My services are offered on a sliding scale. You can get a 20% discount during your birthday month, and gift certificates are always available. I work with clients all around the world via phone and Skype. You get a free digital recording of your session, and I accept PayPal and all major credit cards. Finally, my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. For more information or to set an appointment, visit astroshaman.com, email info at astroshaman.com, or call 828-338-9852. I love my work and I look forward to being of service to you. We're wrapping up another edition of This Week in Astrology. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed where I post daily forecasts when there is one, and you can access that either from thisweekinastrology.com or astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us maintain our status as iTunes' number one astrology podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, may the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2013 by AstroShaman. All rights reserved, although rampant sharing of this podcast is encouraged. You can access my free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. Sending in your chart data also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. I welcome your general astrology questions and comments about the show and your specific personal questions. Just send an email to info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of this week in astrology. Here's this week's index. The overview begins at 1 minute 38 seconds. Monday, 2.51. Tuesday, 7.46. Wednesday, 9.45. Thursday, 12.20. Friday, 13.33. Saturday, 1337. Sunday, 1408. Next week's transits, 1437. Announcements, 1654. And our part one listener chart, 1747. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.